Uh, may I ask you to please stand as a reverence to the Word of God. We will be reading uh, Mark chapter 13, verses 1 to uh, 20, uh, 27, but I'll be uh, jumping one uh, portion of it. And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. And I'll be flashing them on the screen as well. You could read with me. Mark chapter 13, verses 1 to 27. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of birth pains. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to the councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must be first proclaimed to all nations, and when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated all for my namesake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, and let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is in the house, house top not go down or enter his house to take anything out. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that it may not happen in winter. For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be on guard. I have told you all things beforehand. But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. May the Lord be glorified and worshiped by the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for these words that we have heard. 
Lord, continue to speak in our minds, in our hearts today, so that we may understand your word. Thank you for teaching us today, O Lord. All this we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's all be seated. What a wonderful sermon uh, last week our dear brother Louis uh, told us about. Uh, he connected these two um, similar uh, positions and notions that discipleship is very much akin to motherhood. And I would agree to that. And how essentially they are the same. Uh, and that indeed, if you're a mother, you are an influencer. And uh, it, it rings to my heart. And that the heart of discipling uh, is in the way that a mom loves, a mom uh, would show and transfer her faith to her children and in hope. And that's a very powerful and beautiful way of capturing uh, that, um, the essence of that sermon last week. Um, and so I hope that last week you were able to greet your moms. And uh, we know also that somehow it was eclipsed because we have an election. And I know that the Mother's Day, the, the honor that the mothers deserve was eclipsed by the, the bruhaha of the election. And I hope it's now over. And uh, from the text that we have read, I'm now going now to our uh, discussion. From the text that we have read, um, We've read something that is prophetic. We've read something that is apocalyptic, meaning going to the end of time. And the events that we have read, imagine heavenly bodies falling and all of these things speak of an extraordinary event. And uh, let me say this, that our historic creeds, uh, whether that would be an Apostle Creed, the Nicene Creed, and our other historic confessions of faith that we have as a church, as Christians, um, declare that Jesus will return. That's our belief. All Bible-believing Christians believe and confess that Jesus will return. And of course, there are so many views on how he will return, on the manner on which he will return, and so many views about that. Uh, and I'll be giving that to you in a little while. But all of us believe that Jesus will return. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Okay, we, we confess that. We proclaim that. Our king will return. And so today's sermon, I borrowed the title of uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Return of the King. Uh, you know already this story and perhaps... Because the truth is, our king will return. Whether you like it or not. Whether or not you like the outcome of the election... We've already finished that election. So move on. Support the government. Support the instituted and constituted government of the Republic of the Philippines, no matter how difficult it is may be for some people, for me, and for some other people. And for those who are, who, who are rooting for a candidate, let's continue to pray for our nation. Sinabi ko lang yon, kasi gusto ko lang isingit yon. Uh, as Christians, we should be agents of unity, transformation, and reconciliation. Diba? So, yun ang dapat natin isipin. Okay, that is my title, Return of the King. And uh, because Jesus will return, whether we like it or not, whether you believe it or not, He will return. 
And there are so many views. Before I go to the text, I'd just like to briefly discuss with you three major views. I just want it to be off our deck so that at least we're clear and what we're, what we're discussing. Uh, there are three major views about the return of Jesus Christ. Um, we have the amillennial view, we have a post-millennial view, and we have the pre-millennial view. The predicate of that is the return of Jesus Christ is predicated upon the millennial reign of Christ we find in Revelations 20. All right? So these views are named after that millennial view. Revelation 20, if you read it, speaks about the 1,000 reign of Jesus Christ. And the Bible scholars, the theologians, predicate their understanding of the end times on that premise, on the millennial reign. So there are three views. Before I give you and describe to you these three views, let me give you my caveats. First is that I will just describe them to you. It is not our topic today. First, because we lack time to discuss it. Number two, I believe this should be discussed in a classroom setting where you can ask questions and we can ponder more on the text. I'm giving this to you precisely because I want you to first be familiarized with them and secondly, for you to understand that these are the views that exist within our Christian faith. All right? Many churches believe in some other views. Some others also believe the same. All right. So I will just describe them to you. The first view, as I've mentioned, is the amillennialism. From the word, the root word of this is millennial, meaning millennium, thousand years. So in this, briefly, this view believes that millennium is now, Revelation 20 is symbolic. We are now living in the millennium, Jesus will come anytime, and when he comes, there will be a resurrection of believers, there will be a resurrection of unbelievers, judgment, and comes the eternal state. The second view is post-millennialism from the root word millennial, 1000, and we have here the word post. What is post? Post means after, meaning Jesus will return after the belief of those post-millennialists, they say that Jesus will return after the 1,000 years. And they discuss, we are now in the church age and there will come a millennium. The millennium will be characterized by the progress and growth of the gospel. It will increase and then that is the millennium. And then Jesus will return and when he returns, there will be a resurrection of the believers. All of us will see him visibly, and there comes an eternal state. Now, the post-millennials, they're divided. And even the millennials, they're thinking whether the 1,000 year is a symbolic 1,000 or actual 1,000 years, human years. They're divided on that as well. So, First is amillennial, the second one is postmillennial. And the third one is premillennial. In the premillennial, there are still two sub-views. Ang daming views na ito mga to, maraming magaling talaga sa Bible. Ano? So two views in the premillennial. We have amillennial, we have postmillennial, and we have premillennial. From the word pre, it means, what is pre? Hindi free, ah, pre. 
The suffix pre is before millennial. If you are a pre-millennialist, it means that you believe that Jesus will come uh, before the millennium comes. All right. So we are now on the church age, a classic premillennial. This is historic premillennial, meaning this is the church age. Tribulation will come. Jesus will return, and that when he returns, he will resurrect all the believers, and then millennium will come. One thousand reign of Jesus, a uh, one thousand reign uh, year of Jesus Christ. Premillennialists also are divided on this, whether that millennium is 1,000 uh, symbolic or 1,000 actual years. And then there will be a ration of unbelievers and then the eternal state. The, the second view of premillennial, so yung premillennial, dalawang, dalawang uh, view, is pre-tribulational premillennialism. Okay. Pareho nung premillennial, we are in a church age, and then there will be a secret rapture. Now, doon sa rapture na yon, it will be seven, uh, it will be, uh, what, what happens here is that the rapture will happen either before the tribulation, because the seven years will come, or in the middle of the, in the, middle of the tribulation, or even after the uh, tribulation. So, pati yung mga pre-tribulational, pre-millennialists, hindi rin sila magkasundo saan kailan mangyayari yung uh, rapture. But of course, many believe it will be before the uh, tribulation, there will be a rapture. And then after that, there will be a millennium, 1,000-year reign, and then eternal state. So, in other words, there are three beliefs, amillennial, postmillennial, and premillennial. As a premillennial, may dalawa pa. Now, I've discussed this with you. I know this is too much to swallow for the next five minutes of your life. But all of these beliefs would agree on one thing. I mean, miski sila hindi makasundo. Now, some other denominations will hold into one view, some others. Okay? Some will believe on this, some. But all of us believe that Jesus will return visibly. And all of them believe that Jesus will reign. And I think that is the orthodoxy. Now, in the text that we have read, before I go to that text, I'd like to ask these questions. With those things that I've discussed in the last five minutes of our time, and I'm so sorry that uh, that brief descriptions of those things will not give justice to the complexity of that theology. But by the way, if you're interested, join our IBA class. They will discuss this very thoroughly. You could debate the teachers there if you want. Uh, so uh, I don't think they will be able to settle that until Jesus comes. You know? But here's the thing. Jesus will return. That is certain. That is for sure. I personally believe that. Now, the question is not that whether or not he will return. We all believe that. The question that I need to ask you is that, how prepared are you? What comes into your mind when you hear that Jesus will return? I know Jesus will return. How prepared are you? What's your belief about Jesus coming back? 
what goes into your mind when you hear Jesus is coming. Are you excited? Are you fearful? Do you see the return of Jesus Christ with hope or with dread? Or with fear? Or you're clueless? The text that we have read speaks about the coming of the king. But when we read that, it doesn't speak much about what we've just discussed a while ago. The reason why we want to discuss the return of Jesus Christ because as Christians, we need to be excited about the coming of the Lord Jesus. And many of us Christians, whenever we hear and speak about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we often see it with dread, with fear, nung mangyayari sa akin. And that reflects how poor our theology is when it comes to understanding the return of Jesus Christ. We are sometimes drawn to the myriad and to the complexities of those things that I have shown you a while ago, the diagram that I've just... And we're just drawn to it and we forgot the basic thing that we need to do to prepare. And that, is, that shows also how poor we are in our theology and understanding of the return of Jesus because many Christians that I've spoken with and I've spoken to, they're fearful about the coming of the Lord Jesus. You see, my dear brothers and sisters, the return of Jesus, our King Jesus, should excite us and not frighten us. It is the day of our redemption, the display of His glory and honor, the end of all misery, the ultimate showcase of triumph of goodness over evil, and for all His eternal reign in power, in splendor and majesty. It is for us our union with the Messiah, the King of glory forevermore. If that is what it means for Jesus to return, then let Him return today, now. But what stops us from being excited with the return of Jesus? Pag-return of Jesus na pag-end of time, sa takot na takot tayo, ano mangyayari? Why would you care? You'll be with Jesus. And so I go to this text. Now, for the interest of time, we will not read again the entire chapter. When you read uh, chapter 13 of the book of Mark, and there are parallel uh, stories of this in Luke chapter 21 and in Matthew 24. Now, the immediate context of this is this. The disciples were uh, near the temple and they saw the buildings in the temple and they were magnificent. They were beautiful edifice. And so they say, Lord, look teacher, what wonderful stones and what a wonderful buildings. And Jesus said this, to his disciple in verse 2 we've read that do you see these great buildings siguro sabi ng mga alagad mhm yeah yeah sinabi lang nga namin lord diba kasasabi lang namin nakita nga namin eh and then Jesus said something very prophetic there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down if you are a Jewish listener that will make your ears big I'll tell you why later. So, the disciples did not immediately ask. And perhaps they walked a bit and in verse 3, and he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple. They could, 
And then Peter and James and John and Andrew, four of them, ask him privately. Bumulong sila kay Jesus. Lord, sabi mo kanina, the temple, in a way, will be destroyed and it will be in ruin. When will these things happen? As I mentioned a while ago that for any Jewish hearer to hear that the temple will be destroyed and more so it was spoken by their master, their eyes and their ears will be very big because it brings them back to a distant past where the temple was ransacked when the Jerusalem was besieged by the Babylonians. The temple was ransacked. It was looted. It was desecrated. And the people of Israel were put to exile. So every time there's something that, that's happening in the temple, it's a bad omen to them. And so they say, wait a minute, you're mentioning that the temple will be again destroyed and sometime again after in 168 BC, you know, the Greeks ransacked again the temple and they desecrated the temple. That is the abomination of desolation, that, what we have read a while ago. They offered swine, they offered pig, they put pigs inside the temple. That is a desecration of the temple. And remember, the, Jew, the Jewish people and the Israelites Their national identity, their spiritual identity is attached to the temple. And so when they say, oh, wait a minute, it will be destroyed again? That's a bad omen to us. So definitely, if, if I were James and John, at kung ako isang disciple ni Jesus, hindi ako makakapaghintay right then and there. Lord, itchika mo naman sa amin yan. Sabihin mo naman sa amin yan. Ano ba yun? You will be alarmed. And that's why they need to ask Jesus. And so Jesus explained to them, this is what will happen. Indeed, it will be a very eventful day. But whenever we read this text, there's a lot of, uh, of things that we can find in this text, and it's a wonderful chapter. I hope in your Bible studies you could dig on this. This is a very beautiful, this very rich in metaphor, in allusion, so much more. Really, it's beautiful. But when we read it, there are three things that I'd like to bring you today that Jesus specifically mentioned that we always forget. He mentioned that we should not be led astray. He said that we should be on guard. He said that we should be awake. These three things that we are going to ponder on. The first thing that Jesus said is this, do not be astray. Sometimes we are drawn into a lot, lot, lot of theology. I'm not saying we should do that. We should. I am for it. I am for it. But Jesus said, do not be astray. There will be imposters. There will be deceivers. There will be false messiah. There will be charlatans. Another, in, another word for imposter. Charlatan. Add that again to your dictionary. Charlatans. These charlatans, imposters. Jesus warned them. There will be imposters. There, there will be deceptions. There will be false messiah. Now, we know that. We know that a lot in the, in the history of mankind, in the history of Christianity, there are a lot of people who claim to be the messiah. And I think the issue here is this. How do we discern a false prophet? How do we discern a false messiah? 
Ang sabi ng Panginoon, and let's take that, do not be astray. The reason why we were led astray is because we do not study the Scripture. You will really be led astray. The issue is we all know that. We all know that there will be false Messiah. There will be false Christ. We know that. The issue is this. Can you discern one when you see and hear one? Yun ang issue. Sabi natin, oh, may false Messiah, may false Christ, may false ganon. Yeah! Can you discern one? O pag sinabi nitong isang preacher na, ako ang mayroong power boto ng mundo. Can we discern one when we hear one? That's the crucial issue. Jesus said, do not be astray. Let no one lead you astray. That's number one. Very important. Sometimes we, we, we read the text and we take this all out. Ang ganda-ganda ng sabi ni Jesus, bago pa siya nagsimula sa kanyang statement, do not be astray. How do you know a charlatan? Use a basis. Use the baseline. Use the standard. This is the standard, not this book, the Bible. You should know one when you see and hear one. Use the scripture to test them. And Jesus said, do not be led astray. There will be conflicts. There will be wars. There's a lot of war in the world. We have wars, global conflict. We have now Ukraine versus Russia. And we have uh, been into, in the modern history, two world wars. World War I and World War II. Excluding all the world wars during the ancient period. And there will be calamities. Do not be led astray. Do not be astray. There will be calamities. Don't say they wouldn't. I will just name one. From just not so distant past of ours. Why are you here now wearing masks? Isn't that in a way a famine to all of us? COVID-19. Jesus already told us this will happen. It should not surprise you. This will just be the start of birth pains. Do not be astray. These things should not surprise you. You know, during the COVID-19, very few people relate these things to the coming of the Lord Jesus. We always see things in bits and pieces. We do not relate that, that these are signs of Jesus coming back because we are afraid of it. Do not be astray. That is one important point. Papaano kayo hindi maluloko na mga charlatans? Go back to the scriptures. That's number one. Number two, he said, do not be astray. Number two, he said this. In the verse, he said, be on guard. Don't be astray. Be, be not led uh, to be astray. Second one, be on guard. Be on guard. Be on guard on what? Because there will be persecution. We've read that in verse 9, 12, and 13. Let me just give you 12 and 13. This is something that is difficult. 12. And brother will deliver brother over to death. The father, his child. Children will rise against parents and have them put to death. There will be betrayal. And the betrayal will not come from the outside. It will come from the inside. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. 
And in verse 9, we have read here, But be on guard, for they will deliver you over the council, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and king for my sake to bear witness before them. There will be a persecution. You will be persecuted. Be on guard. Again, we already know that, that we will, be, we, are, we will be persecuted. This is the problem with the modern Christianity. This is why I hate the, the prosperity gospel preaching. Because there will come a persecution. We will be persecuted whether we like it or not. The problem is this. Is your faith so fortified that when the persecution comes, you'll be able to withstand it? Or because you will not be able to withstand it because you were so into a gospel that will just pacify your own craving. That will just tell you it's good, it's good, it's good. There's no persecution. You will always be blessed. Just raise your hand and the day you will be blessed. But it doesn't prepare you for something that the Bible is telling us. There will be persecution. It's your faith so strong, so mighty, that when the persecution comes, you will say, I will be able to withstand it because my faith was fortified. My dear brothers and sisters, the gospel will not just cuddle you and say, okay, okay, there will be persecution. It's not my word. Jesus said it. The question is this, is your faith strong enough to withstand that persecution? What made you think you will not experience pain in this life? Hiyang-hiya naman tayo sa first century Christians. You know, how did Christianity spread in the first century? How? Because of persecution. Be on guard, there will be a proclamation. Let me just read to you uh, before I go to my point. Luke 21, this is the parallel, 21 verse 13. It says, this, I will read from the 12, but before all this, they will lay their hands on you. They will beat you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. 13, it says, this will be your opportunity to bear witness. Let me read that again for all of us to hear. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. When you are persecuted at the height of you being persecuted, that is the right and the highest time for you to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your proclamation of the gospel will be at its highest when you are persecuted. I'll go back to what I'm saying. How did the first Christian able to withstand and able to witness, and how did it spread, the Christianity spread? Because you know what, what happened to the first century Christians? Their children are being burned at stake. Their children are being barbecued in front of them. They will be fed to the lions in the plain sight. And they are worshiping God. And all of the Roman empires were thinking, what's with these people? They must have, and they must be believing a God that I did not know. What made them have their faith? Kung babarbecuehin ang anak ko sa harap ng ko, could I say, Lord, I'm giving my life to you and I'm giving the life of my children. Blessed be your name. Can I say that? Or I'm just being used to a faith that will just cuddle you. Mga kapatid, okay, you will not be persecuted. It will never happen to you. Never, never. The Bible will not say that. 
you will be persecuted. Fortify your faith. Be on guard. What faith do you have right now that will, that will make you stand before that governors and kings to say that I am here, I am proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or the moment that we will be arrested because we're Christians, we will back out and say, I don't know Jesus. Umaattend lang naman ako dun sa Mapex dati kasi my friend is there eh. That's the terrible thing. Jesus said, be on guard. Fortify your faith. We will be called to proclaim the gospel. Ito ang aking sasabihin sa inyo, gaano katatag ang pananampalatay nyo na when that time comes, you will be able to withstand that. Only a fortified faith could withstand that. Not the prosperity gospel will not make you stand before the governors and thrones when you are already there. Not. I can tell you that now. What will make you stand there is the gospel, an adulterated gospel of Jesus Christ about His truth, about His power, about His love, about His promise that even if you undergo such tremendous pain and suffering, you will see Jesus. He is the goal. He is my prize. I don't care what's happening in the world. My hope, my faith, my eternal joy and glory is in Christ. That made them stand there. <laughs> Prosperity gospel will not teach that to you. Be on guard. Palakasin niyo yung panampataya. Ang inyong kinabukasan ay wala sa sino mang presidente o gobyerno na kay Jesus. Sino man ang inyong ibinoto, ibabalik ko na naman. <laughs> Sorry, digress a bit. Let me just take this as a point that, that, that we are in the proclamation of the gospel. Kung sino man ang inyong, you know, tayo ay sumuporta sa ating pamahalaan. O, mag-move on na tayong pare-pareho, ha? At uh, mga inaway nyo sa Facebook, batiin nyo na. Mga friends, pare-pareho kong Pilipino, magkaisa, tulungan ng ating uh, hinalal ng bayan, hinalal nyo man siya o hindi, siya ay ating Pangulo, Pangalawang Pangulo at mga leader. Suportahan, ipanalangin, huwag kayong gumawa ng mga bagay na makakapag-destabilize ng constituted government. Sapagat we are the people of the world. We are the people of unity. We are people who knows how to reconcile. That's the proclamation of the gospel. That's what the gospel is all about. O doon pa lang, hindi tayo pumapasay. Tapos gusto pa natin ng persecution. Be on guard. My dear brothers and sisters, to withstand and persevere, we need a solid understanding of the theology of the cross. What is the cross? We are called to bravely endure, faithfully obey, uncompromisingly hold on to our faith. And that holding to the faith must be firm. It will not give you a so-so faith. And looking unto Jesus with hope that our future is secure in Him. And lastly, the Bible and Jesus stay awake. Why? Because, you know, Jesus did not tell us the time. Hindi niya sinabing, um, May 15, 10, 35. 
I have two minutes. <laughs> o turn 32, he will come. Tapos na. He didn't say that. That's why Jesus is saying, stay awake. For me, it's for good reason. Why? So that all of you will live out his message. We don't want to be an unprepared servant. How to, be, how to unprepare yourself to the coming of the king? Madali sabihin, bago natin pag-usapan na how to prepare, how to be unprepared. Luke chapter 21 verse 34, and I'm taking the NRIV because it has uh, less highfalutin English. Luke 21, how to unprepare. Be careful if you aren't. Your hearts will be loaded down with wasteful living, drunkenness, and the worries of life. That's how you unprepare yourself for the coming of the King. Are you so loaded with the wasteful living? There's nothing bad of you preparing for your future. There's nothing wrong with planning ahead. There's nothing wrong with that. I do too. There's nothing wrong with that. But are you so preoccupied with that that your vision of the future has already been blurred? The problem with Christianity now, the problem with us Christians is this. We are always about Christianity that is here and now. Ngayon lang. Lord, I just want to be blessed now. I just want to see my future now. I just want to be, have house and lot now. I just want everything now. Ngayon lang. And those worries of our life, those things in us, now blurs us to the vision of the future. You are not citizens of this earth. Kaya tuloy, pag may konting problema, may persecution, may mga troubles of life, may COVID-19, ay, rattled na rattled towards where even, oh, what will happen? We're so worried, we're so anxious. Why? Because we're too blurred. This is not your destination. Your ultimate destination is God. Wonderful paradise awaiting for you there. Kaya dapat sabihin nyo, Lord, okay na pala. Now na, dumating na, mga 10.35, ganyan. Now na. Why? Because there's a future awaiting for you and it's glorious. It's wonderful. It's paradise. It's Jesus. Come on. Why would you settle for something that is less? Nagpapasalamat ako, mahirap akong tao. Why? Because I have nothing here on earth. We don't have so much. That's why I told my children a while ago, because, you know, there's a friend of mine who got scammed because of the thing. So I go, Elisha and Ethan, I don't want you to play online games. We cannot afford to even lose $100. But in, the, in heaven, you don't even need, you will live in paradise. But you're also concerned about none. Sabi ng Luke 24, 30, uh, 34, you're so loaded down with wasteful living. Are you living your life in a wasteful manner? I'm not saying about patitipid sa tissue paper, hindi lang ibig ko sabihin, ha? How do you live your life? How are you? How productive are you? Hindi porque darating ang Panginoon, wala na, nagtatambay-tambay ka na. Darating naman ang Panginoon, dito na lang ako, magpipray na lang ako maghapon. No. Sabi nito, don't, if you want to prepare, live by a, do not live a wasteful life. Be productive. Go on, work for Jesus. It is as if it's your last day. If you're working in the home, Clean the house as if it will be the last day of, 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 of uh, your life. <laughs> pati yung amo mo nadulas, pati butikin nadulas. Ha, sobrang linis. If you are a young person, pursue your dream. 
Is there something that God is asking you to do? Do it now. That is the way to prepare. Not to be idle. Darating ang Panginoon, dito na tayo, magsama-sama tayo sa isang, that's wrong. Live a productive life. Do not be loaded down with wasteful living. Drunkenness. Hindi lang pagkalasing sa alak, pagkalasing sa pita ng laman, pagkalasing sa uh, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Drunkenness could mean so many things. Saan kayo drunk? Saan kayo lasing? Lasing sa pagmamahal ng iba? Na walang ginawa kung disakta ng puso ninyo? And the worries of life. What worries that bugs you? And that's what I'm saying. Sometimes we're so worried about now that we don't see the future. Ano mangyari ngayon? Mangyari ngayon? Parang sabi ko nga, well, tinatamaan ako ng sarili kong sermon. <laughs> I've already told you, my wife will tell me, pati niisip mo, wala pa naman, natatakot lang ako, ganun-ganun. Why? Because I don't see, I cannot, we cannot see the future. Are you from here? Next step, pag tinukita ka saan kayo, tagalangit ako, ikaw. Your vision should be there. Kaya kahit ano mangyari sa'yo dito, you can say you can withstand it. Kaya yung mga unang first century Christian, they were able to withstand it. Why? Because they don't see now. This will rot. This will fail. But my body there will not. What a wonderful promise. Stay awake. And I will end here. There's a very beautiful um, image that we've seen in uh, Mark chapter 13. And it gives us a picture of the coming of the Son of Man. It reads in Mark 13, chapter 20, uh, verse 24. Let me read this to you. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man come in the clouds with great power and glory. This is reminiscent and this reflects what Daniel had seen in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. And I read, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of the heaven, there came one like son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Let's go back to the text. Why would he say that he was given a, a dominion and a kingdom? Because... And he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. That is the kingdom of God coming. You and me with our King, Jesus Christ. That's wonderful. That is glorious. And it says here that all peoples, Daniel chapter 7 verse 14 and that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away in his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Glorious, glorious, glorious thought. The problem is we don't understand this. We don't see the beauty of these verses. We fail to appreciate the beauty of that wonderful return of Jesus Christ. We will see him as he is. And then when we see him, he will, 
all gather us and then we will come and be with the kingdom we be with the king in his kingdom that shall that shall have no end and that will not be destroyed what a glorious thought and in fact in Luke chapter 21 verse 27 and 28 that when you see these things, it should not frighten us. When you see the Son of Man come in the cloud with power and great glory, now when these things begin to take place, this is what we should do. It should excite us. In fact, the Bible says this, strengthen up and raise your heads. It means go on, look forward to it because your redemption is drawing near. Redeem you from this sinful self. Redeem you from all the sins. Redeem you from all the pains and miseries of this world. And you will be with Jesus for eternity in paradise, in absolute bliss and happiness. All of your friends and loved ones who believe in Jesus Christ will be there. What a glorious and wonderful thought. I miss my grandfather so dearly. I want to see him in heaven. Isa siya sa unang taong hahanapin ko sa langit. Imagine that. That is your future. And so, as a conclusion, Jesus forewarned us about the things to come. Not to be afraid, but to be prepared. So that we will not be led astray. That we should be on guard and stay awake while waiting for His return. What are you doing now? that you ought to do or you ought not to do in preparation for the coming of this King. The way to wait for Christ is to gaze upon that cross, His message, His knowledge all throughout the world, to live upon that message of the cross and to spread His knowledge all throughout the earth. That is how we should wait. I know that there are so many theologies here and there about the return of Jesus Christ, but here is the score. Are you prepared? Are you ready? Are you ready for the coming King? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the truth that you have given us. Lord, we know, we confess, we proclaim that you will return. And so, Father, today I pray that you will equip your people. You will give us the faith that can withstand persecution. You will lead us to all truth that we will not be led astray. And that you will make us have that vigilance and that faith that will make us awake. And so that we could anticipate your return gladfully, joyfully, and with such anticipation. Father, remind your people today that they are not of this earth. They do not belong to the miseries of this earth, that whatever it is that they're going through, whatever painful experiences that they are now experiencing, experiencing Lord, it will come to pass. Lord, their diseases will be healed. All of their troubles will be gone. And all their hopes now fastly and securely on you. Father, encourage your people that when they are besieged and so enamored by all of the things that is before them, 
whether they may be troubled, anxieties of life, and worries of life, Lord, remind them of this great vision of that great city we will all belong in. Give us that vision of that great city with you and to be with you for eternity. Father, thank you for this day. Strengthen your people today, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, our Lord, our Redeemer, who is to come. Amen and amen. Let us all stand to receive the benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. And the people of God will respond with amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, my dear brothers and sisters. Anticipate the coming of the Lord. Be on guard. Stay awake and do not be led us. Do not be astray. God bless you. And for those of you who join us, join us again. God bless you and have a wonderful day.